Hello and welcome to Foothill Christian American Canyon. We're glad you joined us today and we sincerely hope that you're blessed with today's message. How many are like me or everyone that's sitting here have been fearful of something at some point in your life? Go, you can go ahead and go public. It doesn't matter. We've all been there. We've all faced fears. I, I think I just heard somebody say snakes, right? Yes. Uh, we know some people are afraid of snakes. Some people are afraid of spiders. Some people are afraid of going to work tomorrow. Um, some people are, right? Uh, some people are, and you fill in the blank. There's fears left and right. Fears over health. Fears over your future. And what complicates that in our time, in our day and age, is the world we live in, right? You, you look at the media, the, the, read the news every day, and it can be a scary thing. What's going on in the world the threat of nuclear war, the threat of this, the threat of that, the division we have in our country right now, uh, not only uh, uh, um, racially, but, but politically, is, it's getting so bad that you can't have a conversation with anybody without name-calling. I mean, literally, it's become that bad. No, you can't. Whatever happened to the days of we will agree to disagree agreeably, right? Remember, anybody ever heard that? Let's agree to disagree agreeably, meaning we can walk out of this conversation, each have our viewpoint, and, and move ahead. You can't do that nowadays. People will belittle you. People will uh, right get in your face and, and, and belittle you for what you believe. And this is the great land of opportunity, of freedom and speech. That's why we live here. That's why we can be in a, in a school and have church here, because we have freedom of religion, freedom of speech. We can, we can cling to the beliefs that God has given us through his word. But yet, all those things are becoming so uh, confused now, meaning, uh, meaning it's, it's, it's negative everywhere we go, and it becomes a very fearful situation and here's what happens when we live in fear. We can begin to act irrationally. That means we, we do things that we normally wouldn't do. You know, if I'm afraid of snakes and, and there's dry grass out here, I will avoid that place, even though it might be a beautiful, gorgeous lookout, a nice hillside. It might be a gorgeous place to look and, and go for a walk or a hike. I will never go up that place because I'm afraid of snakes. Will a snake pop up? Maybe. Maybe you'll never see one in a million years. But because of that fear, we'll act irrationally. And it'll cause us to do things that we normally wouldn't do. How many have ever caught themselves doing that or behaving in such a way, right? That's, that's normal. But that's not the solution, right? Here's, here's what the world's problem is. It doesn't know how to handle the issues that we live in right now. The racism issues, the gun issues, the violence issues, the political issues. You know what the solution is? It's not any one of those issues. It's sin. Sin is the issue. Sin is what needs to be addressed in those lives of those people, in our lives, in our daily life. Amen? Amen. And what, what happens is we can become fearful of our everyday life if we allow that to, to creep in. How, how many of us here, by a show of hands, were afraid of the dark when you were little kids? Maybe even now as adults, you know, but as little kids, right? And we all have, those of us that have had children or seen children that are afraid of the dark, they're afraid in to, go, to go into their room sometimes because it's dark. You need to have a night light. 
You need to have a little switch on so that you can see what's around you, see what's under the bed, see what's in the closet, right? Are you like my daughter, Raquel, who has to have the, do- the, cl- the closet doors closed, and, and, and she'll look under her bed, and then she'll climb in her bed. But it's not good until then, right? And uh, sometimes we live with irrational fears. Sometimes we have nightmares because of those fears. You know, growing up, Reuben can relate to this. We were afraid of the cuckoo, right? Reuben knows what the cuckoo is. That's the boogeyman in Spanish, right? The, the cuckoo. You know, the cuckoo would get you. He was out to get you. And we would have nightmares, you know, as kids of the, of the cuckoo. And, and, and when you're a little kid, you call mom or dad and you're crying or you go to their bed if you're brave enough to get out of bed after having had a nightmare. But let me read to you what fear does to you. Let me read a statement to you about fear. Fear occurs as a response to something which is perceived as being threatening, dangerous, or harmful. Fear can cause a person to feel nervous, anxious, and can even impair their bodily functions by interfering with their ability to think clearly, speak with a steady voice, and keep a steady hand. Nobody likes to feel fearful because it's negative and an unpleasant emotion. However, it's also a very useful emotion to have because the main purpose of fear is to alert your attention to and prepare your body for a threat that could potentially harm or even kill you. If you did not feel afraid in certain situations, you would end up doing things that needlessly endanger your life. Does that make sense? Thereby increasing your risk of suffering from injury or death. So in other words, you need to feel a little bit of fear in order to keep yourself alive. Fear isn't always a bad thing. God put that emotion in us. Now we can allow that fear to run out of control or we can use that fear that he gives us to make wise choices. Amen. To live wisely. Amen. So this morning... Again, I want to speak to you very briefly on the fact that God does not desire his children to live in fear. We read a scripture verse, and we're going to read that again here shortly, but he does not want you and I to live in fear. He gave us a sound mind, right, to live without fear. But I want to um, take you to 1 Kings chapter 19 uh, this morning, and while you're going to that passage, I don't have it on your outline because... It's a lengthy reading. I want to read the first uh, 14 verses, starting in 1 Kings chapter 19, and starting in verse 1. And I want to read all the way to verse 14. Now, let me just set this up for you. Elijah, the prophet, is running away from Jezebel. Elijah was living in fear at this moment. But let me tell you what happened right before this. How many remember the great story of Elijah, the prophet, how he called down fire from heaven and it consumed the the false prophets sacrifices uh, of Baal he, he called down fire from heaven up on Mount Carmel the Bible says and it consumed all the false gods it consumed all their sacrifices do you remember that story this had just taken place okay so here's a lesson just because you've just experienced a mountaintop experience Be ready because the devil's lurking right behind. The devil's ready to take you down because 
Because what happens is when you have a victory like that, pride will puff you up to think, oh, I can do, I, I can overcome anything. And while that's true in Christ Jesus, we can overcome anything. We can do all things, the Bible says. Look at this here. The, one of the greatest prophets mentioned in the Bible is now running for fear. Here was a guy who just called down fire from heaven. Now he's running away. So the next time you get fearful, don't belittle yourself. Don't condemn yourself and say, well, I shouldn't be that way. If Elijah became fearful, it can happen to any one of us, okay? Let's just get that settled right now. But listen to this story and watch what happens here, starting in verse 1 of 1 Kings chapter 19. And if, you'll, if you can, stand with me, stand with me for these 14 verses and one more verse after that uh, in another place, and then that's it. Starting in verse 1, Now Ahab told Jezebel everything Elijah had done and how he had killed all the prophets with the sword. So Jezebel sent a messenger to Elijah to say, May the gods deal with me, be it ever so severely, but if by this time tomorrow I do not make your life like that of one of them basically killing them. Elijah, in verse 3, was afraid and ran for his life. When he came to Beersheba in Judah, he left his servant there. And while he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness, he came to a broom bush, sat down under it, and prayed that he might die. I've had enough, Lord, he said. Take my life. I am no better than my ancestors. Then he lay down under the bush and fell asleep. All at once, an angel touched him and said, Get up and eat. And he looked around, and there by his head was some bread, baked over hot coals and a jar of water. He ate and drank and then laid down again. The angel of the Lord came back a second time and touched him and said, Get up and eat, for the journey is too much for you. So he got up and ate and drank. Strengthened by that food, he traveled 40 days and 40 nights, until he reached Horeb, the mountain of God. There he went into a cave and spent the night. And the word of the Lord came to him, What are you doing here, Elijah? In verse 10, he replied, I have been very zealous for the Lord God Almighty. The Israelites have rejected your covenant, tore down your altars, and put your prophets to death with the sword. I am the only one left, and now they're trying to kill me too. And the Lord said, go out and stand on the mountain in the presence of the Lord, for the Lord is about to pass by. Then a great and powerful wind tore the mountains apart and shattered the rocks before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. And after the wind, there was an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake came a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire came a gentle whisper. And when Elijah heard it, he pulled his cloak over his face, went out and stood at the mouth of the cave. Then a voice said to him, What are you doing here, Elijah? And he replied, I have been very zealous for the Lord God Almighty. The Israelites have rejected your covenant, torn down your altars, and put your prophets to death with the sword. And I am the only one left. Now they are trying to kill me too. Now I want to go to another verse. If we can put that up on the screen. Uh, that was our scripture verse this morning. Our scripture verse this morning. And we're going to put that up. And I want to read that one right now. Found in uh, 1 Timothy, I believe. If we can get that. 
excuse me, Second Timothy. Do we have that one to put up? Second Timothy chapter one and verse seven. Second Timothy chapter one and verse seven. There it is. It says, For God has not given us a spirit of fear and timidity, but of power, love, and self-discipline. In another version it says, and a sound mind. And that is the word of God that we need to declare today. So Father, we come to you this morning. We ask that, Lord, that you would reveal to us those places in our heart that we've been fearful of. That, Lord, we would just give them to you. Lord, it's not your desire that any one of us should live in fear, but that, Father, that we should have a sound mind and trust you in everything that we do. So, Lord, we pray your anointing over this message. Help us to have ears to hear. And we declare your word to be truth this morning. In Jesus' name we pray. And everyone said, amen, amen. amen. You may be seated this morning. Amen. Here's what I want you to get out of that story here. One of the many things that we can get out of that story. But we are never closer to defeat than in the moments of our greatest victory. We are never closer to defeat than in the, the moments of greatest victory. And conversely, we are never closer to victory than in your moment of defeat. Have you, think about that. You, you know, Elijah here, he didn't have to run in fear. He really didn't. But yet he feared for his life. He allowed the situations that he was seeing with his own eyes to control his destiny. Sometimes we need to, as the Bible so well puts it, we need to walk by faith and not by sight. See, Elijah was overcome and fearful of Jezebel who wanted to kill him. She put a contract out on his head and wanted him dead. And he ran from that place. He ran from her. He did not want to fall like all the others. And at that moment, he thought he was the only one remaining. What he didn't know at that Time and the story goes on in, in First Kings is that there were 7,000 other believers that had not bowed down to Ahab, that had not bowed down. And there were others that, like him, that were believing in Almighty God. He didn't know it at that time. Sometimes your reality, your perception of reality, clouds your, the true judgment of what's going on around you. Your perception of reality. Sometimes we need to wake up to the actual truth of reality, not your perceived reality. How many know what I'm talking about this morning? You know, going back to living in fear. And this is where Elijah's at right now. Um, how many have heard me speak before, but on this topic, topic here, I would have nightmares as a little kid. And I'll tell you this right now, ever since I became a born-again believer, I have not had one nightmare again, ever again. And that's by the grace of God. But when I was a kid, I used to have nightmares that the devil was going to kill me. There was a kukui, a boogeyman, that was trying to kill me. And ever since I became a born-again believer in 1984, not one nightmare since then. Thank you, Lord. But I used to have nightmares of the porch in Rutherford, Reuben. Remember that? When we used to live in this house, later became my grandma's house, there was the old screen door. You know, how many had wooden screen doors that you'd open and they'd creak like they'd never been oiled before? And, and you'd walk in and then it's a porch, a screened in porch with no light. So the front door was a few feet away and the porch was deep or for a little child, five years old, four years old. It looked like it was really long, like way down there. Right. And at the far end, there was our water heater. And so. 
water heaters have a little light, and sometimes you hear the water heater go, <laughs> it just start up, right? And to a four-year-old, five-year-old walking into a dark room, and you hear that thing going on, I got to get in the house. I'd book it, and I'd get in the house, right, as quick as I could. But I would have nightmares that that was the kukui, the boogeyman in that corner was coming to get me. And I remember that, that, that dream all the time. It was a nightmare. And it was constantly coming as a child. Even as I got older, I remember that porch and that boogeyman that was trying to get me. And I don't know about you, anybody relate to nightmares like that growing up? It may not have been a water heater, may not have been a kukui, but it, it could have been another nightmare. Uh, it could have been a family situation. It could have been a, a relative. It, it could have been any one of many things. There was also the fear when I was in school. How many have had those dreams? I've heard some people, not my dream but, or nightmare, but they show up to, to school in their, in their nightmare and they're not clothed at all. They're naked, right? The, the people should have dreams like that. I never have had one, but I've heard that. Now, that would truly be a nightmare, right? Uh, there's, mine was I'd get to school and I couldn't for the life of me remember my locker combination and I couldn't get into my, my locker to get my books to get to class and I was late and I, I hate to be late to anything and that was a nightmare that would happen all the time. I couldn't remember my locker in middle school, my locker combination. Silly, right? But it was a nightmare in, in, that, in that dream I was having. And, um, and then uh, what, what happens when we have those nightmares is we begin to experience anxiety, dismay, despair, things are going out of control. And, and then we start sweating. We start imagining things. Oh, I can't get this locker open. I'm never going to get into class. I'm never going to graduate. I'm going to be stuck here forever. Nobody's ever going to help. You know how crazy we start thinking. We start thinking irrationally. You know, there's a, the other story I've shared as well. Uh, one time I was, I, I used to play baseball and this was, this was a real-life nightmare. <laughs> I'll just share it with you right here. Um, we went to Willits. I think I've shared this one here before. Went to Willits to go play baseball. And uh, this was in high school. And um, they called me in the pitch. It was the last inning. The game was tied. And I was going to face their best hitter, a guy named Cook. And I remember this because you don't forget things like this. So the game was tied. First of all, to go to Willits from St. Helena where I went to school, it's a three-hour drive in a bus. It's no fun because then it's a three-hour bus ride home at least. And uh, so they called me in the pitch, two outs, and I did not want to pitch to this guy. Bases are loaded. Bases are loaded. A hit, they score the winning run, and we lose. That's all I kept thinking. I was already thinking we were going to lose. Problem number one. Problem number two was I didn't want to face the batter. I didn't want to pitch to him. So I thought I'd be really smart. So I'm the pitcher. I get the sign from the catcher. And I thought, over here to first base, I won't pitch to the batter. I'll try to pick the guy off at first base, throw it to the first baseman. We'll get the guy out at first base. Done deal. We'll go back into the dugout. Well, as soon as I did that and went to throw it to first base, the first baseman wasn't there. He was way over here. And I threw the ball to first base, and I went down the right field line, and the runner scored, and we lost. And we had to go home on a bus for three hours, and there was Mendez, the pitcher, who threw the ball away in the last inning and lost the game for us. <laughs> That's a nightmare scenario right there. Let me just tell you. It's bad enough we lost, but now I had to have a three-hour bus ride with all the eyes on me. <laughs> 
At least that's what it felt like. They, they were all telling me, you know, good game, this and that. We, we later, Cook went on to have a Major League Baseball Hall of Fame career. I'm just kidding. In my mind, he did. But he was, he was a great hitter, and I didn't want to have nothing to do with him, all right? That was fear. It was fear in my mind that he was going to hit a home run off of me, that he was going to get a hit off of me. And I created this scenario in my mind that uh, ultimately led me to make a foolish decision. And uh, who knows if he would have gotten a hit. I could have struck him out. You never know. But it's too late now. Sometimes we have fears like that that will make us and cause us to do silly things like that. Irrational choices in our life. Maybe, and the Bible calls that a spirit of fear. How many have ever experienced truly a spirit of fear that comes upon you and, and, it, and it's a spiritual attack is what it is. And you need to rebuke that in the name of Jesus as a believer. If I would have known that back in the day, I would have rebuked that in the name of Jesus, taken authority over that and, and walked and fulfilled the purpose that God's called me to do. But I, I didn't know that at the time. But, but there, are a, there is a spirit of fear that can consume us. Amen? Again, as I mentioned, it could be your work. could be your family. It could be a health situation. It could be a, a financial situation. The situation often becomes this big in your mind, if you're not careful. What can be a little tiny problem, an issue, that can easily be taken care of, can become this big in your mind. It can become so large. We imagine so many things, don't we? We create scenarios that never happen. And, and then we look back and say, oh, that wasn't too bad. But in that moment as we're living it, it's the worst thing going on. We're not sleeping. We're not getting along with other people. Everything's a mess because we're, we're, we're unfocused and irrational thinking is leading our lives. Amen. Here's what I want to talk to you about this morning. Fear, or the an acronym for fear. F is for false. E is for expectations. A is for appearing. R is for real. False expectations appearing real is what fear really is. The next time you are gripped by fear, remember that. Oh, that's just false expectations appearing real. That's not reality. Don't let fear control you. Amen? Don't let fear control you. Faith is what you need to believe in in that moment. Faith activates God's promises in your life. Faith activates God's blessing in your life. Amen? Yeah. Here, I want to talk to you for the next few, uh, few moments, the difference between irrational thinking and rational thinking. There's a huge difference, okay? Let, let me read a scripture to you, Deut Deuteronomy 31 and verse 6. It says the following. It says, Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or terrified because of them. For the Lord your God goes with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. Again, reason why you don't have to be afraid. He will never leave you nor forsake you. He walks with you. Do not be afraid. In fact, if you do a study, I challenge you to do a study in the Old Testament. See how many times the Lord says, don't fear. Thou shalt not be afraid. Um, uh, fear no evil. There's so many times that is mentioned in the Old Testament as well as the New Testament. And it should challenge you, should help you understand, I have to fear nothing in this world. I have nothing to fear. Amen? Amen. Here's what happens 
with exaggerated, irrational thinking. I don't know if we have this, but point number one, point number one, irrational thinking is when you follow the facts to a wrong conclusion. Have you ever done that? Have you ever created the scenario in your life or in your mind that it takes you down this road? You, you're, you're already thinking, like I did in high school, this, this sorry negative experience that could happen, and, and you actually step out by faith, and it takes you down another direction, and you realize, oh, wow, God, I didn't know that if I let you control the situation, everything would work out. Have you seen that happen in your life? That's what God wants to remind you this morning. Don't allow irrational thinking to lead you to a wrong conclusion. Number two, our own thoughts regarding our current circumstances, which lead to that irrational thinking. Lord, uh, you know, I, I, I just got paid this Friday, and now I've got two weeks left before I get another paycheck, and I don't know how I'm going to do it. And now, now you're thinking in your mind, Man, I, not only do I got to sell something in my house, I got to sell my oldest child, my youngest child, just to get through the end of the month, you know. And irrational thinking will let you and lend you to start thinking that way. Where, where we should be is activating the faith. Lord God, you promised in your word that when I give of my time, my talents and treasures, everywhere I go, you will take care of my needs. Everywhere, everything I touch, you will take care of my needs. And when I do that, I begin to see the blessing in my life. Amen? Amen? Number three, irrational thinking usually occurs when you only see one side of a thing. Typically, your side. Typically, your side. And that's, that's it. You know, hindsight is twenty twenty, right? We can all look back at a situation and say, yeah, it never should have become a big deal. Yeah, it was, it was, it was a minor thing. But it, in that moment, it becomes a huge deal. It's a, it's a tough thing to sometimes deal with fear when you're struggling with it. Amen? Let's not allow irrational thinking to cloud our perspective of truth. Now, those are the points of irrational thinking. Here's what happens when you think clearly and rationally. Number one, first of all, we need to trust God. My, my favorite scripture in the entire Bible is Proverbs 3, 5 and 6, but verse 5 says, trust the Lord with all your heart. Everybody say, all your heart. All your heart. Not 50% of your heart, not 90% of your heart. It says, all of your heart. And lean not on your own understanding, which is just as important. That means you can't rely on what you see. You know, I go back to, to the verse found in James. We walk by faith, not by sight. Sometimes you have to you have to ignore what you think you see and walk by faith and continue to trust God that God is going to bring that answer to you that you've been praying for. Are you praying for a certain thing to happen and fear overcomes you and says, that's never going to happen. That'll never happen. You know what's happened before. Those are all ploys of the enemy to keep you defeated in your faith. God is wanting to encourage you to step up out in faith and walk and declare his promises are for you. And you, and you, amen? amen? Number two, seek godly wisdom with clear and rational thinking. Again, how can we do that? Pastor Rick's here, available for you. Pastor Anna's available for you. We have people here that have seen a thing or two in their lifetime. Go up to one of the elders here in our church and ask them, hey, you know what, I'm, I'm struggling with this. Can you, can you give me some direction? We have to... 
we have to begin to ask God to help us seek godly wisdom. And, and where is that found? Again, through, through one another here. It could be found as you're reading the Word of God in your daily reading of your Word. How many are reading the Word of God? This is bringing you wisdom. It's bringing you counsel every single day. It's bringing you peace and strength. Amen? Amen. But the Bible says this in James chapter 1 and verse 5. If any one of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God, who gives generously. Everybody say generously. Generously. To all without finding fault, and it will be given to you. That is a promise. It's a blessing. God is saying, here, it's right here. All you have to do is ask for it. I know my brother Robert, this is his motto of life, is living and asking for wisdom. God has blessed him with wisdom to to lead his life, his family. Each of you have that that privilege to ask God for wisdom. I I do that every single day. Lord, I I don't know how to do things. You got to help me. You've got to help me. I ask him that every single morning of my life. I challenge you to make sure you're asking him as well. Lord, guide my thoughts. Help me to be a better husband, a better father, a better employee at home, a better retiree. Help me to be a better neighbor to my neighbor. Help me to pull his garbage cans in. Give me wisdom on how to speak to that person. There's so many th- different ways you can ask for wisdom. And all these help us to think clearly and rationally in a time of fear. So again, the church is here for you. I want to remind you of that. If you are living in fear, the church exists for that purpose. I'm here for you, as well as God Almighty and every one of us here. The Bible teaches us wisdom. The pages of Proverbs are filled and dripping with wisdom. Uh, Song of Solomon, Psalms. Every day you should attempt to read a, at least a chapter. You know, I was taught early on as a young believer, uh, Proverbs has 31 chapters. Read a chapter a day, and, and in a month you'll read the whole book of Proverbs. Uh, Proverbs is dripping with wisdom, and, and, and you can ask God to give you wisdom, and it's right there. All you got to do is read it. It's right there. It's so easy to get wisdom from the Lord. Wisdom is seeing the, the, uh, the things the way God sees them. That's what wisdom is. See, without wisdom, we see things the way we do. We do things the way we want to. But when we have wisdom, now we begin to operate in, in a spiritual sense of how he sees things, how he wants us to do things. Amen? Anybody here know the difference? That when you've made a choice and then you reflect back and say, that was not done with wisdom, and you see the results, And then you have another opportunity and you do it right with God's wisdom. And you look back and say, that was a difference because you trusted in him. Amen. Amen. Seek godly wisdom. And then thirdly, study and hide the word of God in your heart. Again, the the scripture I've been referring to, and I I said James earlier, I meant 2 Corinthians verse 5 and 7. For we walk by faith, not by sight. For we walk by faith, not by sight. That is one of the words that you can hide in your heart. You know, when you get attacked by fear, and I promise you, you will all experience fear at some point. It may be this week, it may be next month, it may be next year. There will come a time where fear attacks us all. Just remind yourself of 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7. For God has not given you a spirit of fear, 
but, a, but of power and a sound mind of, of love and so forth. And, and you don't have to walk in fear. The Bible says in, in Deuteronomy, the scripture we read, do not live in fear. Be courageous. Stand up. Activate that faith that God has placed in your heart. Begin to activate it, and it comes through the reading of God's word. If you don't have those scriptures to, that come to your mind during those times, how are you able to fight and stand? You can't. You can't. You're defenseless as the, as the little lion or as a little uh, cub out in the, in the desert and a lion pursuing it. That's how defenseless you are. You have to be able to stand and, and be able to, to stand up with God's word in your spirit. Amen? So again, clear and rational thinking. How can we do that? Number one, by trusting God. Trust God in all your ways. And I'm going to close right now with, with just this recap here. Number two, we seek godly wisdom. Seek it in one another. Seek it in the word of God, definitely. Seek it when you pray in the morning. Lord, give me wisdom today to be a good, to manage my work at work. Help me to, to be a, a, a husband that is filled with, with wisdom to, to be able to rejoice in my marriage, to be able to have many years of marriage. Help me to be a, a, a better father, Lord. Give me wisdom on how to do that. Help me to make these decisions that are coming up, Lord. We're contemplating moving. We're contemplating uh, doing this. Lord, give me wisdom to make the right choice. Again, to see the things the way God wants you to see them. Because I promise you this, when you do that, you cannot go wrong when you do things the way God has designed it. Amen? Amen. Amen. Wisdom is seeing things the way God sees them. And then uh, three, studying and hiding the word of God in your heart. Lord, help us to do that every single day. Lord, help us to hide your word daily in our hearts and in our spirits. So that way, when we are attacked, we can begin to call upon your name. Let's bow our heads this morning. Father God, I know that uh, you've, you're here with us this morning. And, and I thank you, Lord, that your Holy Spirit speaks to us. Your Holy Spirit speaks to us. It encourages us every single day. I thank you for that. And I, and I just want to pray right now. If anybody here with your eyes closed right now, heads bowed, if anybody has been in a fearful place, I want you to raise your hand. I want to pray for you this morning. Just raise your hand this morning if that's you. Yes, I see your hands. I see your hands. You can put your hands down. But Lord, this morning, you see the hands of people that are going through things. Everyone here is going through something different. And Lord, I pray right now, Father, in the name of Jesus, that you would touch each one, Father. Touch each one right now in the name of Jesus and give them the spirit of an overcomer. Give them the spirit of boldness, Lord, to stand up and activate that faith that they have been given by you. I pray, number one, give them wisdom, Father. Give them wisdom. Give them clear and rational thinking. Lord, that they may be able to trust you in the situation they're dealing with right now. Any hurts, any emotions, Lord, that may have caused hurts in their family, in their job place, in a relationship. Father, I pray bring healing to that with clear and rational thinking. Help them to seek godly wisdom, Father. Lord, I pray that they would seek it from you first. Lord, that they would seek it through your word, that they would seek it through spiritual counseling, Lord. I pray, God, that you would make their way clear, that you would make it crystal clear, Father, for them. 
Lord, and finally, I pray that they would continue to study and hide your word in their heart, Lord, that they can overcome by the power of your testimony, by the power of your word is what the word declares, that we can be overcomers in every area of our faith. So I pray that once again, Lord, I pray your blessing upon those that are going through this process. And again, they're going through it. Victory is just on the other side, Lord. And we thank you for that, that we can put our faith and trust in you because you're going to see us through this. And Lord, we thank you for the a spirit of a sound mind, of clear and rational thinking, Lord. And that, Lord, we, again, I just, I want to rebuke every devil, every demon, Lord, that has tried to confound and confuse every person in here. And I rebuke that in the name of Jesus. It has to go and depart because we are filled with the spirit of Almighty God. Greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. And we declare that right now, Lord, that we are sealed by your Holy Spirit. And God, that we walk by faith and walk in your promises. So, Father, we thank you for that this morning. And, Lord, this morning, I just want to come out and I'm, I'm going to lay hands on these people. I'm, Lord, in the name of Jesus, we pray for your spirit of wisdom. Spirit of wisdom, Lord. Spirit of wisdom. Spirit of wisdom, Father. Fill each one of these, Lord, today. I pray, God, that you would give them the spirit of a sound mind of wisdom, Lord, in their life. I pray, Lord, in the name of Jesus, Lord. Pray for wisdom, Lord, in the name of Jesus. Spirit of fear is departing, Lord, in the name of Jesus. We pray, Father, your blessings right now, Father. Wisdom continue to fill these people. Every single one, Father, be filled with spirit of wisdom, Lord, this morning. In the name of Jesus, Lord, we pray that right now. Your anointing, Father, upon them in the name of Jesus. Lord, we pray that, Father, that your word would be declared and they would be lived out, Father, daily in Jesus' name, Father.